It is 11.04. Yeah, the theme song for this morning and the Dr. Payne show. Jody's a talented guy. Eh? Oh, big time. Oh, my God. Whiskey, Whiskey in the jar. In the jar. How's your head, night. bud? Yeah, good. I had a high school friend, or not high school. He was my old neighbor where we grew up and uh, came over and, uh, you know, hadn't seen him in a few years. Came over with, uh, I was talking with him and uh, a few weeks ago and he was saying that he met a girl and that this one's the one. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, then I got to meet her. So okay. they came over and... Uh, yeah, well, you know, started having a couple of scotches. Adult beverages. Yeah, here and there, and then yeah. it just, it adds up, right? Like, there was no intention of that, and then... Little was little, little got more and more. Yeah, little yeah, got yeah. more and more, and yeah. I didn't have to go far. It was my house, so and, uh, it was all good. No drinking, no driving. Well, no, no absolutely driving. not. No. And was she the one, or were they, you're like, dude, thinking about No, yeah, very, okay. very nice. Yeah, yeah, no, very, very nice girl. I'm I'm happy for him. He was, uh, he, <laughs> he was a little bit of a, how do you put it politely, he... He would he use you, you know. like to have some fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for him to settle down is nice to see. For gotcha. Sure. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. I'm all right. All right. I'm getting in there. What's uh, what's news? What's going on with you guys? Are you in the you're in the new building now or no? So one of the clinics at, at the Etobicoke General um, location, yes. And yeah. so now I am actually doing yeah. my assessments out of there. That is a nice. It's place a beautiful for building. To go. Yeah. Yep. So beautiful, uh, state of the art, big space. Um, and, and yeah, it's just more for the service, the convenience, mm-hmm. uh, it's Etobicoke general hospital. That's where yep. it is. So that's where I'm doing my assessments in a few months. We'll, I'll start having a few more open areas for assessments, new market, Great. um, Richmond Hill, but we have clinics all over the place for the stuff you need. But when you, ha- when it comes to seeing me, it's, it's easier to do it in one location right now. But, uh, yeah, no, we, you know, I mean, we, we can con- consistently, you know, we're always seeing a lot of different cases. I had, a an interesting case this week that, so I don't know if, I can't remember if I asked the lady if I could tell the story, so I'll just generally kind of speak about it. This person had uh, long-standing autoimmune disease, um, so severe that it, it essentially, so when you look at the autoimmune diseases that attack your joints, like rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. those things, if they don't get treated um, long-term, it leads to severe degeneration and then deformity. And maybe you've seen people when like, you fingers see are all, all crooked yeah. and, and joints. And that that's what happens with severe arthritis is once it's bad, your your bone will actually start to bend because it keeps going. And so it changes. It completely deforms the joint. Um, and, and this person had, um, had, had had this going on for pretty much the majority of her life. And it's gotten so bad where her hands, her shoulders, one knee is bad. And she came to see me for the left knee. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I asked her, and, be, and as we were talking, she said, you know, like, if this happens to my left knee, if I get to the point where where I'm in the same boat as my right knee, she's like, I'm, you know, just cut my leg off. Just, just yeah. I want someone to just cut my leg off because I can't deal with this anymore. And so I said to her, I said, were you ever put on any medications to stop the inflammation? And she said, no. She's like, you know, her and her husband were saying, you know, when... Uh, um, when we looked at what the side effects of those medications were, we didn't want to go on them. And and the reason why I bring this story up is, is you, you have to, any intervention has a risk and a benefit, okay? And a lot of people understand, like, let's take that example. You're looking at that. So right now, let's just say anybody, you or I, we get diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. We're overall normal still. Our joints mm-hmm. are not affected. We're in pain, but they're not deformed. So you look at the side effects of the medication and you say, you know, that's kind of scary. Some of this stuff is scary. 
But then you're not understanding what the long-term consequences right. could be. When when you see this person, you start to see, well, you're at the point where you're willing to cut your leg off. Like How's that side effect? Yeah, that yeah. that's like that's a pretty big side effect, right? Yeah. And sometimes everything that is gonna to some extent work is also gonna have an equivalent risk. Absolutely. And you have to make aware of all of the risks, even if they're minimal. Right. But you do, whether it's a medication, a surgical procedure, even physical therapy, you have to make people aware of what the risks are. And I just find it interesting when people look at something and they see the side effects, they're so afraid of the side effects, Mm -hmm. which you should be. I'm not saying you should discount that, but it is very important for people to make educated decisions and understand the full extent of the picture. Because when you're saying, oh, that risk is greater, well, you don't understand If you're diagnosed with something and you don't know what the end stage of that something is, you should very much consider, well, what if I get to that end stage, is it worth it then? Cost benefit. Yes, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I and I told her, like, you know, one of the things here is you probably should have gone on on medication a long time ago to stop this this inflammation, this autoimmune attack on your joints. And and so I wanted to bring that up because I think it's important for people to understand the risks and the benefits of everything and to not just discount things right away because a lot of things that just seem when it comes to pain management it just seems like okay well it's it's not that big of a deal it's a little bit of pain but the end stage yeah Yeah. the end stage of these things can be pretty brutal and i've had you know in the last mm, two weeks i can't begin to tell you the amount of people that have been in my office crying that have just cried about the pain, the stuff that they're living with, that they're they're at the point. I had another lady um, with with a knee issue as well, and 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 she told me like, if this continues, I I want to die. She said she said she wanted to die, like to the point where she wants her life to end. And this is serious stuff, and I, and I and I deal with this the right way. But when someone's talking about that, like. That, that is the extent that pain can affect people's lives. It's not just, you know, when you're sitting there and if you know someone in chronic pain, there's a lot of judgment that goes on, right? If you don't know what people are going through, you automatically will judge because a lot of these chronic pain patients look absolutely normal. Sure. They move absolutely normal, but they're in a tremendous amount of pain. And, and a lot of times when you see that, like to, to the average human, you see someone who looks like they're well. And they're moving fine. And it's like, well, why are they they in so much pain? And it's like, well, it's not fake. It is not fake. And anybody that says things like fibromyalgia, chronic pain are not real, they don't know what they're talking about. They're as real as they get. Is the is the source simply physical? No, but that doesn't mean it's not real. Right. Your mind is, is the realest thing that you got. <laughs> it, it makes everything. So, um, you know, I think it's important when you're suffering. So two points there. Number one, if you know people, don't be judging them because what they're going through is real. And and number two, if you're looking at risk benefit to things, take into consideration everything. Don't be one. I, I look at, at healthcare as a spectrum and you have people where, the, you know, on the right side, everything is answered by a drug or a surgery. And then on the left side, the people who are absolutely holistic and never want to take any medications, anything. do anything. And it's like, well, no, there's got to be a middle ground. Right, the, the the moderate is where you should be because sometimes you do need the medications and the surgeries. Sometimes you don't, and and yeah, being pro- proactive, preventative health on the natural side is very very important. But anybody that sits on either end, it's extremism, mm-hmm. right? And extremism in anything is never really good, even in healthcare. You have concerns with your health? Give us a call. We'd love to hear uh, your stories, your comments, or questions. Four one six eight seven zero. 
6400 star 640 on sale just getting warmed up dr Payne show global news radio 640 toronto plenty of time we'd like to like to talk to you hear your opinion get your questions answered 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale dr lou here to answer them right till uh till 12 o'clock angelo good morning how are you good morning hi dr lou how are you hey angelo good you hey, dr lou, i came to see you about three months ago i'm the guy i got uh Injured trying to, my, my bike was, my, my motorcycle was dropping. Anyways, we, we did x-rays. Okay. It was sciatica because the pain was shooting out to my toe. Okay. Now, it's not shooting out to my toe no more, but it's, it's, it locks up to my knee. And it's been like four months, and I still can't go upstairs, downstairs, so, one at a time. Y- yeah, so I, I've seen a bunch of people since you, Angelo. Remind me a little bit more. So what, what did we say for treatment then? You know what? Well, we took x-rays of my knee, and I got slighter. I, I got arthritis, but it wasn't that big. We, we figured out it was sciatica because we were shooting down pain. Right. And uh, I really, I don't I went to see my, my family doctor, and uh, only gave me his pills that didn't work. No, no, but uh, you said you saw me, so what did I recommend for treatment? I don't think you recommended. Uh, you, you just said go see your family. I wish you had something. I don't know what to do. I mean... It's been four months now, and my doctor said it could take up to six months to go away. Doesn't sound but, like something I'd say. I'd have to look at the file to to okay. be to to remember what the recommendation was. I I can't remember exactly the case. Um, but so I mean, usually, so we determined it was. So you're saying it was knee pain, and and we and originally, and we figured out it's knee pain coming from from the nerve. Um, right. What was it an issue in the low back? Yeah, it was the lower back. I don't know if you remember, but I was on my motorcycle and I almost dropped it. And I tried to lift it up. And I can't that's remember. I, I've back, seen. Right? I see so many people sometimes. That's why okay, I have to have okay. good notes. So, so I definitely I can review your file for sure and take a look at it. Um, I'd have to. I'm interested. Well, I will do it anyways as soon as I get in the office. Um, Is there to f- doctors or what can I do? Because it's really frustrating because I. I can't function. Really well, again, it, it very much depends on what the cause is, right? So so if it's something like, I don't know, I don't remember, but if it's something like a disc herniation, well, then you have to have that treated. If it's spinal stenosis, you have to treat that a different way. If it's the nerve okay. being impinged on the muscles, that has to get treated a different way. And I likely would have suggested something. I don't remember exactly, again, what it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, taking pain medication is just going to... Going to be a mask for the issue, so we have to look at. There must have been something that we figured out in a recommendation that I made. So I'll have to look back at the file, and I can call you um, okay. and give you what the recommendation should be. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you very no much. problem. Thanks, Angela. Appreciate that uh, time for you as well. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. By the way, uh, info at paincarecanada.com to get a hold of Doctor Lou or one eight five 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 five. Uh, D R L O U, Doctor Lou yeah. would be the way to do it. Yes, but it's an interesting it's an interesting call because mm-hmm. um, I mean I I'd never send any way, one away without recommendations. What it could highlight is is maybe there was a miscommunication of what those recommendations were, which is possible. I you know I can I can make errors or maybe someone sure. doesn't understand. But this is this is very important, right? Like not just with me, but with any healthcare professional. If you're speaking with someone, you're seeing somebody, and you're not truly understanding what the game plan is, follow up right away or, or ask the question. Like, like to, to just leave it is, is never going to do any justice. Leaving these things is what creates the chronicity, right. and, and this, is, this is a problem, right? So, so there needs to be things done immediately, and there needs to be 
um, some type of intervention. And first and foremost is figuring out exactly what's causing that issue, right? We've talked about this before where you have sciatica. Well, okay, great. What's causing that sciatic nerve to be aggravated? Is it a muscle in the in the glute area? Is it a disc herniation? Is it stenosis? Is it just pressure on the nerve that you're doing something? So there's so many different variables that can cause that. Um, and trying to figure out what the exact recommendation is, is very much dependent on that. And and it's a call and a question that I get a lot where people will just give me a symptom and say, well, what can I do? And it's like, well, too hard, right? Like an impossible, yep. impossible to answer that. Because again, if, you, if you're not certain what's causing the symptom, then, you know, if, if you have a fever, well, what can you do to take to break the fever? You can do something, right? But what do you do to figure out what's causing that fever? Right. Because a fever caused by something like cancer versus an infection is treated very, very differently. And it's important to figure out what, when your body's giving you symptoms, it's a sign that something's wrong. I, I met an, a, a person um, the other day um, at a plumbing supply store, and, and actually he listens to the show and and we got talking and he was saying, you know, he's got this leg pain that he's had for so long and his doctor just tells him it's normal. Like that's, that's what, yeah. Thanks. And it's like, well, no, it's not, it's not normal. Is it something you might have to live with? Yeah. But it's, it should be important to figure out, well, what is causing it? And if you can figure that out, there manage might, it. exactly. There, there are things that you can do and, and I'm, and I never advertise a cure or anything like that. Right. You know, I'm not on this radio show saying, give me a call. I've got some magical treatment intervention or something, some miracle. But no, I'm here to give the hard facts. The hard facts are when you're dealing with an issue that is chronic, even if it's sometimes not chronic, the reality is you predispose yourself to that issue a second time, a third time, a fourth time. But can you do things to minimize those exacerbations or even maybe mitigate them in, in whatever sense so that they're they're not bad? Yes, absolutely. And can you do things so that if you're living with some type of issue, can you get it to a point where at least it's not affecting your day-to-day life? Yeah, of course you can. Want to take a short break. Harrison, we'll get to your call. We have time for you as well. Lots of uh, lots of open lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. And I want to talk about outside influence, the ones that are brought on by yourself as well that may not be helping you when it comes to your pain. All that's on the way. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 11.24 on a uh, long weekend Saturday morning. Dr. Pain Show, get to uh, to Harrison. Hey, Harrison, thanks for hanging on. Hey, how are you? Good, brother. What is, uh, what's going on with you? I've got, um, I've had a pain in the left side of my body, like upper, my upper ribs area and kind of like the lower, closer, uh, I guess, navel or abdomen for like almost a year. Okay. Uh, it started last year, uh, around the Christmas time. And so I went to go see my doctor and my doctor said that I just pulled the muscles in my ribs. Uh, cause I, funny enough, I was shoveling snow that day. And then it was like a couple days after that, it started to hurt. Mm-hmm. So my doctor gave me a bunch of anti-inflammatories and some pain pills that I just I didn't want to be taking pills, and she said it would go away. And it's uh, almost almost a full year later, and it, it's on and off, and it keeps coming back. Okay, and b- besides seeing your family doctor, have you done anything else? Uh, I tried to do some stretching. I tried to do strengthening of the muscles on that side. All all on your own. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and this this is absolutely not your fault. One thing that really, really bothers me is that approach, right? Like that that a lot of um, uh, health professionals are doing where it's like, 
If you have a physical problem, the first answer should be a physical intervention, whether it's a chiropractor, a physiotherapist, a massage therapist, someone who understands that. And that's the recommendation that should have been made to you. Is medication part of the plan? Yes, maybe. But oftentimes when it's benign and those things like to give an anti-inflammatory, if it's not... If you're not sure that it's inflammation causing the issue, then then there's no point in the anti-inflammatory. And, right. and and so it's it's it really bothers me when I hear this because this is done so wrong all the time. If a patient is presenting with a physical problem, the first intervention that should be tried is a physical intervention. Um, right. And and that is usually the best approach. Can it be in conjunction with medication? Yes, absolutely. But there should be a recommendation for therapy and the medication and if there isn't then then all all that's happening when that happens is you're you're doing this what's exactly happening to you a person who then says okay well it's supposed to go away and that's another thing oh it'll just go away like to tell someone that that's a big risky thing because the majority of time these things don't just go away um she, she was like oh it could take anywhere from like a month to six months to a year and i'm like that's a long recovery time it's no like, well intercostal muscles they take a long time to heal. No, no, no. So here's the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, no, the research is pretty clear that simple soft tissue injuries, okay? That means muscles, tendons, ligaments, <coughs> excuse me, take, take about 12, on, on should take, should heal themselves within 12 weeks. If you're dealing something out of 12 weeks, you're either dealing with something more serious than a simple soft tissue injury, or you have prognostic factors that delay your healing for whatever reason, or there's something else going on. But, you know, the, the recommendation, the proper recommendation to you when you went there should have been, okay, fine, even if you want to start with the medication, try this for a week. If it doesn't get better, come back, see me. Hey, I'm back. It's not better. Okay, go see somebody who understands this. Again, like a physio, chiropractor, massage therapist, get it treated, not getting better, Come back, not getting better, continue the management and trying to figure out what the issue is. To just right. leave it is is complete mismanagement in my opinion. And and it really I, I try not to get overly angry with these things on air, but this type of stuff bothers me when I hear that this is still what's happening in our healthcare system in 2018, almost 2019. A physical problem for everybody listening that's been told, just go do this medication or whatever. Again, I'm not against medication. In fact, sometimes it's it's the best option. Most physical problems require a physical answer. All right. Uh, All right. Give me a give me a call, Harrison, and we'll we'll get this sorted out. Harrison, one eight uh, yeah one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U or info at paincarecanada.com. Still got time for your phone calls. It's only eleven twenty eight four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. Doctor Painchill till noon. Global News Radio six forty Toronto. It is eleven thirty one. Doctor Payne Show. Anytime you want to reach out uh, outside of the hour of the show, one eight five 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 D R L O U. Doctor Lou or info at paincarecanada.com is the uh, the way it happens. We've talked about it. And I know this is um, we've all known people that come and they have some sort of physical issue. Blah blah blah. They may be getting uh, some treatment through you, physical or, or you know a, a chit chat uh, or otherwise, and stuff they do on the outside, the periphery can can really impede their progress. Example is going on social media saying, you know, even though they're getting treatment and they know what they should be doing, life is crappy, when will this stop, blah, blah, blah. And I think they're just venting, but that can also... Well, it, it creates a pain-focused behavior. Right, right. And and one of the big things around pain management is the distraction aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's, it's just like... 
Think of pain like a fire. The more wood you're throwing at it, the bigger it's going to get. So every time, you know, and 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 we've gone through this at nauseum, right? In terms of how much how important your mind is in the process of pain management. And the example that I always give is if you put your hand on a stove right now, there's a message that's sent from your hand. You feel there's receptors that will take that, send it to your brain. the The process of of pain is made in the brain, and then you take away your hand. If, if you had a severed spinal cord or some type of spinal cord injury and I took your hand and put it on there, your hand would light on fire and you'd never even feel it, right? right? That's the, and that should highlight to everybody. When I say that pain is a mental, uh, there's a mental component, that's real. That's not like, and there's still this stigma around like, are you saying that I'm crazy? It's all in my head. It's like, well, it's not only in your head, it's in everybody's head. Like right. you're, there's nothing, you're not that special. Right. Like you don't don't credit yourself that much. This is what it means to be human. Our brain processes everything we do. And if you had a severed spinal cord, you would not feel anything just that simple. So where's the message coming from? From your brain. Yeah. Right. And 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 so what you're doing. So when there is a mental component and your mind is doing everything at every given time, it's taking in those things. It's controlling emotions, blah, blah, blah. There's there's a lot of moving parts. If you become pain focused, if you're always focused on it, you're going to feel it. It's like the example that I give to people. It's like, you know, if you and I sat here right now, we picked, I don't know, a car, just some random car. We start talking about it. Kia Soul, just because I remember that from Greg Shaw. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you and I will notice that everywhere today. Like if we focus in Mm -hmm. on it, you're going to notice it. It's not that there's more Kia Souls on the road. It is just simply the fact that you're aware. You're zeroed in on it. Exactly. And you're looking. That's There's so much that we have to process that that's the way our mind works. Oftentimes, it's 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 really focusing in on the things we're focusing on because we must be focusing on it for a reason. And that's the same thing that happens in your body. If you're pain-focused and all you're ever talking about is the pain and you're focused on this and you're focused on that, you're going to amplify everything. You're going to feel everything so much more than than you otherwise would. And the big thing becomes distraction. And distraction's a big thing. It's like, don't talk about it at any point. Like, forget it. Like, try to not give it that power. Because again, similar to a fire, if you're throwing that log on there, the fire is just going to get bigger. So you venting and doing all of these things. And this even goes back to when we, you know, in the last segment, we were talking about for family members, if you have people going through that, don't think they're faking, but also don't, don't make it like, you know, don't give in to them in the sense like, oh, poor you, like, you, you know, there needs, it just needs to be impartial. That's, that's the right way to look at it is, is that it should be not nothing bad and nothing good. It is, it is what, what it is. is. Deal with it. Don't focus in on it because if you do, all you're doing is creating a bigger problem for yourself. And and once and that and that and that's a natural thing to do, right? Like people do that because they want people to know that they're in pain. They want them to know what they're going through, and it's like it needs to stop on both ends. You're not helping yourself if you're doing that. Absolutely not. The pain you don't focus on, but that's a different angle than when you talk about dealing with pain with cognitive behavioral therapy, where it's like, okay, you know what? Uh, I get a stomach ache or I get back pain every time I stand on a subway platform. It's not, okay, go stand on the platform and see what happens. That's different, right? Different, yes. Facing it to bring it on to know that it's nothing tragic is going to happen with you. It's not that you have to necessarily, it it depends. And pain is a little bit different Mm because it's not like being afraid of a subway platform where you'd actually have to go to that. Pain is something you're experiencing all the time. But a lot of the cognitive behavior therapy around pain management is those things. Is Number one is acceptance, right? Like, right? like you sitting there and saying, poor me, poor me, like I have the worst life. You're not doing yourself any good. Like 
just accept it. Get over it. Like, and, and I know it's hard to hear, and it's not, and it's not an easy thing. But you know what? Just accept it. It is what it is, and and that's a big thing with any anybody that gets sick, anything like that. There needs to be that stage of acceptance. Yeah, it sucks. Well, I'm not saying it doesn't suck. Absolutely, it sucks. But accept it. You got it is you. That's it. It's neither good nor bad. It just is what it is. And the second part becomes the distraction component. So it's a little bit different than the cognitive behavior therapy for like a phobia of some sort because right. those phobias are circumstantial, right? Mm-hmm. They're dependent on a, a specific scenario that you have to. Whereas be, pain is pain. Pain is you, if yeah. you're in chronic pain, you're in pain all the time. Distraction. And, and so you need to distract. You need to understand what to do. You need to get healthy. There's the the fear component where. Uh, fear avoiding behavior. So a lot of people in these chronic issues, like, you know, they they don't want to walk. They don't want to bend because they think, no, I'm going to hurt myself. It's right. like, you don't know for sure. Leave that up to the professional to figure it out. If someone's telling you you're safe to bend, you're safe to do those things, do it. And you know what? You have to start moving around and exercising. And is it going to hurt? Yeah, absolutely. But that's the whole damn point. If you don't do it, you're not going to get through it. Jamie, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. And, you know, for about a week now, um, last Sunday is, is when I noticed um, my neck, um, on my right side of my neck, um, I actually pulled something and I've tried taking uh, like Advil, a leaf, and it seems like nothing really seems to be helping with the pain in my in my neck and I really wanted to know as to what do you think could have caused my neck to suddenly um, to have a pain where I'm feeling it like Jamie that that's a loaded question like Mm -hmm. it would be impossible for me to know what caused your pain Uh, I think what you need to do is you need to get it investigated by a professional self self treating these issues is often one of the most wrong things you could be doing so you need to get it looked at figure out what exactly is going on and what is the best treatment for what is going on and that is the step it's not like just taking the medication you're treating pain and pain could be caused by so many different things it might be a muscle it might be a nerve it might be a hundred different things who knows uh, but if you're not, if you don't have it diagnosed properly, you're likely not going to do the right treatment intervention. So you need to get it diagnosed properly. That's step one. And, and to, you know, what caused it, that's where, you know, sometimes people can say, well, I remember I twisted my neck. I did this. We can find something. Oftentimes when people say, well, I can't think of anything. These yeah. things are often just a, 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 an eventual breakdown of something that is going wrong. And, and it just takes sometimes years for, for it to show up, but, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a very hard question. And, and I also think that that's one of those questions that does it make a difference? Like if you know, like it does to some extent, I guess, if yeah. you know what caused it, but I think the focus right now should be on getting it diagnosed. So what is the diagnosis? What is the problem and how do you treat it accordingly? Do you think it could be the other thing is um, because I actually do swimming. Do you think uh, when I, uh, possible when I was diving because I mean it started after two days after when I went swimming in the water yeah I mean could it be yeah I, I don't know again that's the whole point like you're asking me I, I'm not psychic either right I don't I don't know what you were doing I don't know the extent of those things could it be that yeah absolutely it could be yeah. that but I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm not even five percent sure because I don't know I haven't talked to you enough we haven't mm-hmm. gone through enough history. I think what matters here is you have neck pain and you're looking for that neck pain to get better, which is important. 
But in order to do that, you need to get it diagnosed properly by a professional. Now, that professional could be me or it could be someone else so long as you trust them and they're doing the right thing. Um, but again, I started this a few segments ago by saying physical problems often needs, need a physical intervention. So I already think you're off to the, the wrong start with just simply trying to mask it with meds. Jamie, you want to follow up? Do so. one 855 doctor Lou Info at paincarecanada.com. More of your phone calls are on the way as we continue. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 11.42, Dr. Payne Show. We roll on till, uh, till 12 o'clock answering your questions, getting some answers, getting it started. Philip, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my no call. No worries. I have um, just been recently, uh, I've got a, a, an x-ray done on my right hip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of pain on my hip, and um, the doctor, he called me in, and he told me that I have uh, some mild arthritis and calcium deposit in my hip. Okay. And at some point, it, now he says it's mild, but uh, I drive a uh, bus in the city of Toronto, and some, sometimes I can't even get out of the seat. The pain is that bad. Right. And uh, I'm just wondering if there's, uh, something that I can do to, I don't know, just the calcium deposits. Is there, is there something can, or a way I can get rid of that? Or well, I think I think the greater problem is I don't think you actually have an answer yet to what your diagnosis is. So, so we, you have hip pain. We know that, okay. And then you have an X-ray that shows mild arthritis and some calcium deposits. Um, those two things, did the doctor make sure that those are the, are correlating? Like that is what is causing your pain? Because a lot of times this is just an x-ray diagnosis and it has nothing to do with how the patient is clinically presenting. I do know that I have, um, my, uh, that, that sciatic. Yep. That, uh, I know I have problems with that. It goes down my, uh, it's like right under, right under my right cheek. Sometimes it just goes down to my right knee and then other times it goes right into my toes. Right. So then the question becomes, well, what what is causing that nerve to get aggravated? Again, is it a disc herniation? Is it stenosis? And is that stenosis maybe now contributing to other nerves that's creating hip pain? So I don't think you have a, a true diagnostic answer yet is, is problem number one. I think you need to figure out exactly, is your hip pain related to this mild arthritis, which, mild, how old are you? I'm 50. Yeah, mild arthritis. Not, I'm not excited about that. Like I, right off the bat, don't think that's probably um, the answer. And the calcium deposits, they saw that on x-ray. Where is the calcium deposited? Uh, he just said it was in my hip. Yeah, so I'd, I, yeah, and I'd need more specifics to that because, I mean, where, like, is it in a certain tendon, which I don't know how they would have seen on x-ray, um, but I'm assuming that's what, what they're talking about, that there's some calcification going on, which just means a hardening, uh, which could just be related to the fact that you if, you, if you're a bus driver, you're sitting most of the time, and maybe this is just purely a repetitive strain sprain from, from sitting, and so you need to get it treated accordingly. So there's a big problem where, where people go in with, I've got pain in such and such an area, and it's like, well, here, take an x-ray. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something on every x-ray of every person that we take in whatever area of the body. The question becomes, is that what's causing the pain? And the research on that is pretty clear. It's 50-50. There's, no, there's nothing to suggest that that arthritis is is 100% the the cause of the pains. A lot of people have arthritis and have no pain and some people have excruciating pain and no arthritis whatsoever. So I think you need to, you need to get it looked at a little more in depth by someone who understands a little bit more. 
Now, would an MRI help? That's something that would show a closer picture of I think it, I think a good physical exam of the hip would be the best start. I think all of those imaging things, again, if you're not correlating that with what you're seeing functionally and orthopedically in a, in a physical exam, you, you're missing you're missing 50% of the equation. Okay. So okay. that's step one. All right. I'll talk to my doctor about that okay. and check it more. Thank you yep. so much. No problem. Thank you, Philip. Uh, moving on, get to uh, to Larry. Hey, Larry, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Well, I've been through a lot of this pain from about a year and a half now. And it's probably my age to start with, but uh, some of the stuff is I've had every test and every different solution comes up with a different. We're going to the polyclinic at the point right now. Where's the pain? It's in my back, back, down my leg. So what's your question, Larry? What's your question for me? My question is, uh, where do you go next? Uh, it's an impossible question for me to answer right mm-hmm. now. Where where you go next? It all very much depends on what exactly is going on, what has been done so far. Is you know, are there components that have been done but haven't necessarily been done right? Um, and maybe those are things that need to be revisited. Also, what exactly is creating this sh- issue is is obviously a very very important question. So. You know, if if you want my opinion on what do you do next in your care, that's where you have to see me for an assessment. I I can't just answer something like that over the phone because I I don't know the extent of everything that's happened. That sounds fair. Okay. Yep. Give me a call and we'll look at it. One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou is that number. Moving on, Jim. Uh, you're up next. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Um, I just want to say, long time listener and uh, big fan of you guys and a lot of the shows on AM six four. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, So um, this is uh, I try and uh, make this uh, a short out of a long story here. Mm -hmm. About five years ago, I think it was I started experiencing some stiffness in in one side of my jaw, Mm -hmm. and uh, it kind of went away. And then. about uh, six to eight months ago, earlier this year, I started experiencing it again. I thought, oh, this is really odd. I've had this before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, about a week ago, um, I woke up and I had this terrible stiffness in my jaw again. I thought, this is not right. Uh, there has to be some correlation or cause. And uh, so I went to Dr. Google and started looking oh, uh, for a solution. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And uh, so what I came back with was uh, a temporomandibular joint and muscle disorder. Um, And so it started, it really started to make sense when I looked at this because leading up to this, I started having this stiffness in my neck, like uh, uh, limiting my uh, rotational movement a little bit. And that's one of the symptoms here. And I thought, gosh, this is it. I must have that. Yep. and uh, so, I mean, I'm a pretty healthy 54-year-old. I play hockey a couple times a week. I play soccer. And um, I can't really put my finger on why something like this would be affecting me. Oh, well, I mean, so so here's the thing. So number one, when someone says, temp, like, this is the nice thing about healthcare, right? Because anybody can, so TMJ disorder, right? That's the equivalent of if you had shoulder pain, right? And you yeah. see that th- that joint is called the temporal mandibular joint because it articulates be- with the temple and the mandible. So, so all you've named is the the joint, and there's a disorder. It would be the same as if you looked at the shoulder and said, "Well, I have glenohumeral disorder." Well, it's just a smart way of saying you have jaw pain. So that's all we know so far. 
Um, right. The question becomes what's creating that jaw pain. So there's sometimes dental issues that can create jaw pain, which I would recommend follow up with your dentist and see if there's something there creating some type, maybe you're clenching your teeth at night and that sometimes can create this. But a big thing that creates um, TMJ issues is neck issues because when you look at from an anatomy standpoint, how closely the neck is, the dynamic of the neck is related to the jaw, it can create an issue in that joint. So, you know, if, if one joint is off by a little, then it's going to create another joint to be off by a little, and that can go all the way to the jaw. And, the, and it is very, very common for these issues to be related to postural neck issues. Um, so, so I think that's something to consider, but again, I would have to take a look at it. I'd have to do some testing just to, to sort of figure it out. But I think it's probably, it sounds like very benign and something that you could probably treat very easily. And, and we have good treatment interventions for TMJ problems. So give me a call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. No problem. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate your listening as well. Uh, get to more of your phone calls here in the Dr. Payne show after a short break, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 11.53. we got a few calls here, so basically I'm going to answer you, ask your question, and we'll move on from there. Quickly, Suzanne, how are you? Susan. Yes, hey. fine. Thank you. Sure. What's going um, on? Yes, I've had rheumatoid arthritis since I was a child. I've had 21 uh, years with a pain management specialist, 11 orthopedic surgeries, mm-hmm. and I continue to see the pain man- manager doctor between medication and uh, in blocking in my neck, my shoulder blades, down my lower back, every right. two weeks. Okay. Uh, sometimes I can extend it to three weeks. Okay. I'm so what's the question, after Susan? Four weeks. My question is: After 21 years, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of thought that I would see like a vast improvement that I could at least get to once a month. But yeah, I find so that almost impossible. And I was wondering, is that just my expectations are wrong? Your expectations are wrong. So we actually work the opposite way, right? And and I relate this a lot of times. I'll use the example of of alcohol. So people who become alcoholics, um, you know, one beer initially will get you drunk, and then all of a sudden it takes two, and then three, and then four. And so all I'm highlighting with that is that the body is is is, is we adapt. Our bodies adapt to anything that we do. So anything that we do, our body gets used to it, and then you have to change it in order to have an effect. And usually by changing, it means you have to do it more or more often. And it's the same thing as like if you try to lose weight, right? And you go for a walk for half an hour, you know, in the first three weeks, you'll lose weight and then your body will plateau because it gets used to that. So then you have to walk. You either have to walk 30 minutes much quicker. Maybe you have to run or you have to walk 45 minutes and and you have to break that adaptation. But the same thing happens with Mm -hmm. interventions for health. The more you're doing something, the less likely the same dosage is, is going to work at the same effect. So you have to either increase the dosage by having more of the medication, it more often. So your expectation is the opposite. What will likely happen is you'll need them more often versus less often. Because with the new guidelines with medication that were you know, introduced last year, I requested that my medication be cut. And I mean, it did take me like it was a couple of weeks almost of very severe withdrawal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, yes, it's down a third, which I'm very happy about. But my, I thought that, you know, I'm very diligent with everything he tells me to do. And I'm assuming that I could have expanded longer. But I see that maybe I'm, it's beneficial that this is actually 
you know, even giving me a, a week or two weeks of, of relief. Yeah, I mean, I, I would need to know the extent of your case to comment on our, if there's different things, if it's the right thing, et cetera. But all I can say is to your question is, yeah, your body actually adapts with things. Thanks. Thank you and for the heard of customers be the, a, a, a client a, like patients stay that long with a doctor. Well, yeah, you have rheumatoid arthritis, so this is an autoimmune yeah. thing. This is not something that's going to disappear, so you have to manage it. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. doctor. Thank you no very problem. much. Thanks, Susan. Appreciate that. Mitch, uh, we'll try to get you in here. What's going on? Hey, I'll be real quick. So yeah, I've man. Got, uh, a bit of an ear uh, irritation where mm-hmm. uh, I kind of get like a thumping yep. on the inside of my ear when I turn upside down or turn sideways. I scuba dive. And uh, originally, I went to my doctor. He said it's uh, you know it's an ear infection, and he gave me some nasal spray to unclog the tube. Yeah, uh, that didn't work. Uh, it's it's it, it's still kind of bothering me, and I'm trying to figure out if it's water that's stuck deep in my ear, or did I do something uh, to cause it, and, and how I can kind of get rid of it, or, or what you know what you might speculate it would be. Oh, I, again, so it might be, I mean, if you're a scuba diver, you're changing pressures all the time. It could be anywhere from an infection to an eardrum problem to a eustachian tube problem. Um, you need to see an ENT specialist in order to get that figured out. An so, ENT? Yeah, ears, nose, throat specialist. So just oh, ask perfect. your doctor to refer you to an ENT, and uh, they can help you figure that out. Attila, quickly, you're the last call for the day. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, the reason I'm calling is um, I found that I have a, um, a benign tumor uh, growing on a nerve in between my ribs. Yep. Okay. Uh, the question is, I, I went to see a thoracic um, surgeon. Yep. Uh, and he told me that removing the uh, section of nerve would actually cause pain. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, and I just wanted to understand um, what exactly does that mean? Uh, and I'm told that the two ends that are remaining. Uh, can possibly um, give me pain later on after surgery. Yeah, well, I mean, once you're cutting into nerve tissue, so if it, so, this is where when it's benign, you have to weigh the the risk and the benefit. If if the nerve, so although it's benign, if it's pressing on something and causing you excruciating pain, it might be worth removing it. If it's not really causing you any issue, it might be worth leaving it because in going in and cutting nerve tissue, you can create damage. So, um, you know, that I would just have a more of a conversation with that surgeon to understand the extent. But if it's benign and not bothering you, you may just want to leave it. Attila, appreciate that. And that's where we'll uh, wrap it for today. You want to uh, carry on and get a hold of uh, Dr. Lou, one 855 D-R-L-O-U, or info at paincarecanada.com. Till next week, we'll take it from there. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.